in today's show, it's time to look at 12 guys. Yeah, 12 guys who are going to be undervalued, who are going to be really maybe, I don't know, I'm underselling this. Let's say, these are the deep sleepers no one is talking about. No, they're not. They're just guys who I think have a slight chance, a marginal chance of being interesting at certain points during the year who are being um, not spoken about much especially in public spaces, especially in more casual leagues. Um, and I think they're going to have some value. Does that intro say it should? Mick loves it. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% Instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So, we're here with this show. It's not sleepers based on ADP. It's not these are the guys who are going to win your league because that's bullshit. Like, let's be fair. Like, that's just not something that really happens. These are some guys who, in certain situations, are not really being mentioned. I think they're names that I just need to highlight. Some of them are being talked about a lot, especially in the tight circle of people who watch Locked On Fantasy Basketball all the time. But we're a week away from the season starting. There'll be people joining the show for the first time. Hello, welcome. Good to see you here. And you might not have thought of these names, especially the first two, who again, most of you are going to go, oh, I know, Josh, we're taking them in round 10 or 11 or 12. And there'll be others, because I get this all the time. Hey, this guy's sitting on waiver wire. Should I go and grab him? Well, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. It's <laughs> <laughs> Tari Eason, right? Most of you know about him. Most of you know about Tari Eason. He's been awesome in the preseason. Preseason Eason. Yeah, there you go. Um, maybe I'll call him that if he stinks in the regular season. He's been great. But not everyone knows about him. Again, I'm getting it today. Hey, he's on my waiver wire. Should I you know, drop Dorian Finney-Smith for him? Yeah, you should. What's the case for him? Well, the case against him. Like, he might not be a starter until March, February. At the moment, Eric Gordon is going to start. Jabari Smith is going to start. Shingun, Porter, Grimm. They're going to start. Right? That is what's going to happen. Eason's been great, but he also has not played a preseason game where both Gordon and Jay Sean Tate have played. Now, he's dominated in that time, but sometimes we get a little bit cock-teased by some performances in preseason. And then when the rotation shakes out, I really see Steven Silas... Being the coach that he is, and every coach is pretty much like this, they say, well, you're not a top five draft pick. You're a pick 17 guy who's played well, but we're going to defer to the veterans. And Gordon will start. Oh, how well am I saying this, boy? Gordon will start. Tate will be there. KJ Martin, a guy that I haven't even mentioned, really. He's been playing well in preseason as well. But that could also be the case where Silas actually bites a bullet and say, well, no, you're clearly better than Tate. You're clearly better than Martin. Um, Eric Gordon's great, but we'll play him 25 minutes a night. And Eason goes off. Like, he should absolutely be drafted in every league, but be prepared to be annoyed early in the season. And he might blow up, end of the season. That is true. 
He's going fantastically now, but just don't be shocked if the first week of the season, Eason, Eason? Eason struggles and he gets dropped by an impatient manager and then maybe you grab him and we just see where it goes because again, we just don't know how they're going to run things. We have not seen a game where Tate and Gordon and even Smith have played. So we don't really know where Eason fits into that mix. And it is a, cha- a potential that we are getting out ahead of it over our skis in terms of the valuation of him. We've got no problem in round 11, back end round 10. Round nine's probably a little bit early. But in some leagues, he's going to be available late. And you should grab him in every league late. But we just need to be careful that we're not going rookie good, veteran bad when coaches think the opposite. So, in saying all of that, not all of you will be aware of Tari Eason as a good fantasy player, and you should, because he's really good. But there are some roadblocks, and that's going to be the case for all of these guys. With Eason's ascension into the it guy of preseason, um, I think Santi Aldama's buzz has dulled a little bit. But I think Santi Aldama is going to be the grizzly starter at Power Forward with Jaron Jackson out. Now, Jaron might be back in November. He might be back in January. I don't know. I think Aldama is going to be the starter there at the beginning of the year. And he's looked really good, I think. I think he's been fantastic for this team um, in preseason. And there is a role. Now, it might only be 27 minutes a night in the preseason. But he's a guy that we can grab late. But when Jaron returns, he might literally go out of the rotation. He might go from starting and playing 27 minutes. And Jaron comes in and plays 27 minutes. And then Aldama is gone. He's averaging 15 and 7 with two threes and 1.3 blocks on 61% shooting, which is going to drop because he's hitting 55% from three in preseason. But yeah, you know, I could also say that Kenny Lofton got 17, 5, and 3 in one game too, and I'm not really hyping him. But Aldama's a really good pick, round 12 or round 13, especially round 13. You get him in your last round, you use him early on, and then maybe you drop him later. Now, I could see a situation, really small priority or really small likelihood of him you know, taking minutes from Brandon Clark. And Clark playing exclusively as backup center behind Adams and Xavier Tillman, not really being a part of things. I, I could see that happen. But when we get to that spot, when Jaron's back, Aldama's value probably drops off quite a bit. But he is someone, at least early on, you've got to be aware of. Again, this this video is more tailored to people, especially the starter, people who haven't been digging into fantasy all off season like so many, so many of us have been. And if you're just sort of picking up now going, oh, I've got a draft in two days or you know something's happening on the weekend and the NBA season's starting, I need, I need to get back on track with what I'm looking at. So Aldama is one of these 12 guys that I'm really focusing on. Now, they're the two obvious ones, I think, especially when I look at the mock drafts that I do. They go around 10, 11, 12 every time. There'll be plenty of drafts where they are available. Like if you've drafted Mason Plumley or Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you get them right out of there and you add Santi Aldama. You add Tari Eason. And that's why we've got to try and cater to different levels of leagues here when talking about the value of these guys or even my assumption of how you know this guy or how you know his value or what he's been doing or what things look like. We're trying to cater right across the spectrum here of fantasy basketball. But catering to the spectrum of daily fantasy basketball, Price Picks is here and back for another season. Price Picks is daily fantasy but with a difference. You're not going up against individual uh, human opponents. You just go up against the player projections that they set. They'll have lines for points and rebounds and assists and threes. And you go in there and go, ah, Santi Aldama has an, uh, an over-under on his points at 8.5. I'll take over. Tari Eason has an over-under of steals of 0.5. I'll take over. And you get up to two to five players, put them into one lineup, 
smoosh them together, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. Entries are easy. It's fast. You can do it in under 60 seconds, and all payouts are safe and fast as well. And But it's not just basketball. You can have many sports, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, college basketball, women's college basketball, um, soccer, cricket, golf, tennis, MMA, NASCAR, whatever you want. There are so many sports here. And it's currently operational Price Picks is in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Now we go into some of the names that you do not know or care or care to know, whatever combination of those words you want to use. Kata Bates Diop. It doesn't appear that Doug McDermott is going to start for the Spurs, and that's a good thing, I think. They talked about how McDermott was playing the three and Keldon Johnson, the horse, who is back, by the way, from injury. If you're worried about his injury, he's back. He's playing today in preseason. Um, that should give me an opportunity to play his sound. Whose horse is that? Um, and they're talking about how Keldon wants to be more of a three versus a four, so they're going to play bigger. Now, the guys they've been rotating through, and I could have done a number of players here. It's Keita Bates-Diop, it's Isaiah Roby, and it's Jeremy Sohan. Now, let's just get this out of the way. Sohan, I think, is going to be a really interesting defensive stats guy later in the season. Spurs generally don't give much to rookies, and they don't give them big enough roles to really have fantasy impact. And I think Sohan might fit into that group. Roby is by far the best fantasy player out of this group, but I'm not convinced they're going to lean into him as the starter. I think it's going to be Bates-Diop, who has who has Pop's trust, and he started him many times last season, and that's just someone to keep an eye on, especially for streaming purposes. He can get defensive stats, he can get steals, he can get some blocks, he can rebound a little bit. He's not going to blow us away by any stretch, but if you start on a team who's lost everything, and play 30 minutes, there might be something there. I still would probably rather take a flyer on Roby, especially when we don't know how the rotation is going to go. But I've talked about Roby before, so now I wanted to talk about Bates Diop and just put it out there that he could play the bulk of those minutes at the four. His upside is relatively low, but I do think it's a name you need to watch. And then also in San Antonio, it's Joshua Primo. He's really young. He was the youngest player in the league last season. Obviously not that anymore, but he's still really young. The problem with Primo is, A, he's not good. But secondly, he's been injured all preseason with an MCL injury. I don't think he's taking over from Trey Jones. Maybe they think he's going to turn into a point guard. He's not a point guard. He's not really close to it. He does have some He did have some intriguing G League numbers with assists, but his shooting is really bad. Have I sold you on this one as well? Maybe there's a situation where they just really love the development growth, and he is so young that he could really blow up that he does get an opportunity to start at some point this season. But he is injured to begin this season. He's just a name to more watch list, to look in deeper leagues, to take a flyer on in best balls because it could change later on in the season. I I don't think he's a very good player at this point, but that could flip like that. Young guys, it can change. And if he's given extra opportunity, whether he's given it or earned it or gifted it, I don't know and I don't care. If he gets those extra minutes and Trey Jones struggles or gets hurt, then there is some really big upside for Joshua Primo. I hope some of these guys are names you didn't expect me to talk about or guys that you go, oh, that guy, all right. And I hope this is one of those guys as well. Jalen Noel 
I think he's really good. I think that he is potentially, if not already there, a better player than their former reserve guard, Malik Beasley. He is a combo hybrid guard who can actually play both roles. You can run him as a point guard or you can run him as a scoring guard. He, with the absence of Beverly, with the absence of um, Beasley on this Minnesota team, and the only other guard there, really, Jordan McLaughlin, uh, he could play like a Jordan Clarkson 27-minute-a-night role. I don't know that he will, but he could. He can pass a little bit. He loves to score. He loves to shoot. And if he's in lineups with Gobert and Jaden McDaniels as they mix things around, he will run things. Like if he, he can be that guy, because Kyle Anderson's on the bench, not a scorer, Torian Prince, not really a high-volume guy. Like He could be in a situation where he is running that second unit and mixed in with some defensive guys around him. Uh, there's, there's a lot that really is interesting there. And if D'Angelo Russell gets hurt, or God forbid Anthony Edwards gets hurt, Noel's going to blow up. I'm really, like, I probably wouldn't draft him in a standard league. But if I had to put someone on my injured list and I just want to take a flyer on someone, he's there. I'm very intrigued to see what he can do. Very intrigued, in fact. Let's go to Charlotte. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, Mark Williams, it should be relatively clear that he is the center they should be developing. But like we talked about with the Rockets and Steve Silas early on, Coaches are frustrating. They are stubborn. And there's no bigger frustrating stubborn coach when it comes to rookies than Steve Clifford. In fact, Clifford's come out and said, Mason Plumlee is the starter and Nick Richards is the backup. All right, well, way to go in terms of development for the future. Like, what are you trying to do? Eke out 32 wins? Williams might not be ready. I get that. And Nick Richards actually looked pretty good in the preseason game. He had a few moments last season. But surely... At some point, even if Richard starts and Williams is the backup, that we have to go, what are we doing with Mason Plumley? Like, surely we've got to get to that point. I think it might be rough early on for Williams, and I think he might rack up DNPs. But maybe he doesn't. Maybe they do throw him in there ahead of Nick Richards. Again, that big performance from Richo yesterday makes me think, yeah, maybe not. But he is that upside guy that you're going to have to sit on for a bit. He's got big shot blocking ability, good field goal percentage ability. I am nowhere near as high on him as I am with someone like Jalen Duran, who isn't on this list, but he's absolutely an option, especially now that Marvin Bagley went down with an injury today. That's something to watch. The Pistons were leaning towards starting Bagley over Bogdanovich next to Isaiah Stewart. Um, They'll probably just put Bogdanovich back in there, but maybe they put Boyan and Duran as the starting four and five and Stewart off the bench. That is possible if Bagley misses time, which looks like he will. So Jalen Duran, side note, is someone we can look at for sure here, right? We don't know the severity of Bagley's injury when I'm recording this, but that is something to watch. But Williams is got it. Look again, we look, who's ahead of him? Are they any good? No. Could he outplay them really easily? Like he's not behind Joel Embiid. Like it's really easy to see how he could outplay them. But then you've got to look at the other side and go, this dickhead over here coaching him is probably going to say, no, 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 we'll wait till next year, which is frustrating, of course. And then his teammate, Someone who I have liked for a while, Jalen McDaniels. With the injury to LaMelo Ball, which is going to cost him maybe 10 to 15 games to start the season, they will not, in my opinion, start Dennis Smith Jr. And they won't start the librarian, James Booknight. They won't start. What they will do is start Terry Rozier at point guard, meaning there is a hole in the rotation for a wing. Now there is Oubre, there's Cody Martin, 
and there is Jalen McDaniels. So I would expect Ubre would be favored to start there, but that means extra minutes for McDaniels on the bench. But if Gordon Haywood gets hurt, which let's be fair, is a is a is a chance. And McDaniels can push himself with his defensive ability ahead of Ubre, which again, pretty big chance given who the coach is. I really, really like him, and I think there is a decent chance that he fares better fantasy rank-wise than his brother in Minnesota by the end of the year. He can score, he can shoot, he can defend. There's a little bit of ball handling with him. And now that ball injury has opened up a bigger opportunity for McDaniels, and I just want to see which way Clifford goes with it. Clifford could really love him. Like that defensive ability, Clifford could be really interested in it. Let's go to Miami. Jamal Kane. Um, Miami has a history of this. Second round guys, undrafted guys. Hassan Whiteside, Josh Richardson, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent. Like how many more? There's so many. I feel like there's a million more that I've missed out on. These guys out of nowhere, into a degree, yet seven play well. And Jamal Kane, in four preseason games, is averaging 13 and 6 with almost two steals. He's shooting um, 42% from three and 57% from two. And he's worked his way from a camp invite into a two-way contract. He is a three slash four. And we know that there is a gaping, gaping hole at the four on this team. Giggity! It looked like it was going to be Yurt 7 that maybe jumped in there. It's looking less like that. And there is still... Caleb Martin and Haywood Highsmith and Yurtseven and Nikola Jovic, who we'll talk about, spoiler alert, he's the next guy. We'll talk about him in a second. But there's a hole there. And Kane has done enough to go from unheralded camp invite to, hey, we're cutting a bloke to give you a two-way deal. They didn't have an open two-way deal. They cut Darius Days. And Darius Days had a good uh, good summer league. And they said, no, 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 Jamal's this guy. So when you've got just, again, a gigantic opening, someone has to claim it. It might be Caleb Martin. It might be Jovic. It might be Highsmith. But it might be Kane. If you're in anything like 2018, 16 team leagues, he's got to be drafted, I think, with what he's shown in preseason and with the trajectory of how they're viewing him. I think Spo loves him. That's why I put a photo of them cuddling here on the video. I think he loves him. And the Heat don't really care about name value of players. It's like, do you... Can you help us? Sure. Do it. They're great. One of the best development teams in the NBA, if not the best. And that brings me to the student, Nikola Jovic, Little Chungus, the man who's still doing his high school degree while he's playing in the NBA. There's a, Again, there's a huge hole at power forward. It's the same stuff with Kane. He can pass, and he's been good in preseason too. 11 and 6 in only 17 minutes. A block, 1.3 steals, 3.3 assists. The shooting hasn't quite been there, but there is scope for that. Now, he's not a guy... Like, a lot of people were looking at him as a top 15 draft pick. I didn't like that. I was not massive on him. I had him towards the end of the first round, which is exactly where the Heat took him. And he struggled in summer league, I thought. But he's looked really good these last couple of preseason games. And again, there's a big gap here. Now, I wouldn't be like, I'm drafting both Jovic and Kane because I don't think they both can have value. And we still got Martin and Highsmith in that mix too. But someone's going to win out. And... Not many people are talking about Jovic. I think fewer are talking about Kane. And I wanted to get them onto your radar just so you're aware that they're playing bloody well and there is an opportunity for them to at least do something. Let's also look at Javante Green in Chicago. I would guess that he is going to start over Patrick Williams, though from what I'm seeing at the moment, Williams is playing a little bit better in today's preseason game. 
Javante Green is a high-efficiency guy, takes a lot of dunks and shots at the rim, high field goal percentage, effort all the time, and guys like Williams is not someone you can really say that about, can you? This is a high-energy guy, a high-motivation guy, a high-motor guy who just seems to get numbers. Now, is he probably a 12-team league guy? I don't think so. But he has had some little runs where he goes in and scores 12 points on like 57% shooting. He gets you 1.3 steals and one block with four or five boards. And if he's playing a lot of power forward, which he will, that's okay. That's okay. It's one, again, more for 14s or 16s, but it's got to be on the radar, especially as a likely, maybe, opening night starter, which I, I, I do think he's going to be. Keep it like, wouldn't again, not tripping over my dick to get these guys. They're names to watch. Yeah, Ayo Sunmil could have had here as well. I think the hype for him is there already. I'm not sure he's got massive, huge upside, but he's, again, a name if you're not aware. He's going to be their starting point guard. Don't draft Alex Caruso or pick 100. Caruso, if he's going to be the backup, which it looks like, you push him to look the last round or out of the out of a 12-teamer. The minutes upside of a Desunmu or even a Green maybe works in your favor, although Caruso's steals can be valuable. All right, let's go on to the next one. We're going into Oklahoma City to the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Um, yeah, I think he's really good. I think that there are some minute squeezes initially with the one, two, three held down by Giddy, Shea, and Dort. It looks like Shea will be ready really close to the start of the season. And they've been prioritizing Trey Mann over Jalen Williams. But I don't think it's going to be long before Williams is the sixth man playing 26 minutes a night. Maybe even 20, like 25 minutes a night. I don't think it's crazy to say, maybe many you will disagree with this, I don't think it's crazy to say that he'll be better than Lou Dort by the end of the season. I don't love Dort. I think Dort is got a little bit of the Jay Sean Tates about him in that he is putting up some numbers in situations where on a good team he'd never be asked to do that and his best role is going to be as a lower minute starter or a sixth man sort of defender, Kyle Anderson type. Maybe I'm just off on that with Dort, but that's sort of how I value him. Whereas Williams, I think, could be an all-star level player. And this team is not going to be good. We know that. But there is a chance that Williams pushes into a larger role, either through a benching, which, again, I don't think will happen after they sign Dort to the deal, but they could. It's not a it's not a deal where it prohibits him from being a sixth man, let's say that. Or an injury to Shea or to Giddy or to Dort. Again, I think they go man early on, but Williams will get there. He can score, he can shoot, he can pass, and he can defend. He's got a lot of things going for him. He's got a tasty fantasy skill set. He's a little bit older as a rookie, much like Tari Eason, to be honest. He's got a, a tasty fantasy skill set, but we need a few things to happen for those minutes to open up, but it's one to watch. And then I was only going to do 11 because it's a sexy number to put in the title, but I couldn't leave out my man, Paul Reed as the 12th guy I think you need to know about. I loved Paul Reed. As a rookie prospect, I really liked him last season or his first season for his ability to rack up fantasy stats like they were going out of fashion. He was great last season as well in limited minutes. And then I was excited because they were going, they're going to go with Paul Reed as the backup center. And then they signed Montrez Harrell. And I went, oh my God, are we seriously going to play this guy? And then we got to the preseason. It was like, no, no, we're not. We're actually playing Paul Reed ahead of Montrez Harrell. Wow. Now, I don't know whether that sticks in the regular season, but Reed has been dominating. Like he is getting three steal, three block games. He, they're going to try a little bit of him at the four next to Embiid. I don't really think that's going to work particularly well. And of course, it would only be a bench roll. And that would mean that the minivan George Niang would see fewer minutes. 
But if he's ahead of Harrell, then one still one block in 18 minutes is absolutely totally possible. We've seen Nerlens Noel be valuable there. We've seen Matisse Thibault do that. Reed can do it. But if Embiid misses, and I wouldn't expect he'd play 34 like Embiid. He'd probably play 24 with Harrell getting 24. Like 10, 6, 2, 2, 2? Maybe. He's got tremendous upside if you're in a roto, you're in a weekly league format, you've got stash ability, larger benches. The upside value on him is great. Throw another one into that mix there. Daniel Gafford is a great upside player as well because if Porzingis goes down, Gafford should smash. But Reed is just a guy that I was worried that Doc could make the wrong call. He hasn't so far. I don't know whether that sticks into the regular season, but Paul Reed is a fantasy goldmine when the minutes come. And we just hope that they come. And that will do it for me today. 12 names you didn't know you needed to hear about. And you probably actually didn't need to know, didn't need to hear about them. But I thought it was worth bringing them up and putting my case forward for those players. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, you thumb it up, you leave the comments down below, and you subscribe. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.